the late 1800s, after selling their photographic dry plate business to Eastman Kodak, a pair of twin brothers from Maine made a car. In 1902, they formed their own motor company, which made them wealthy until the company was sold in 1918 after the death of one of the brothers from an automotive accident where he drove his car into a woodpile while trying to avoid wagons on the road. The surviving brother was stricken with tuberculosis the next year, and like many in those days, was told to head out west where the air was drier with lots of sunlight. He decided to head off to Colorado. His health started to turn for the better, and he decided to summer there every year. But not being content with the rustic accommodations, lazy pastimes, and relaxed social scene, he resolved to turn his new home into a resort town, and the first building to be built in this new town was a hotel bearing the last name of Freeland Stanley. That hotel, which we sit in talking to you today, was the Stanley Hotel in Estes Park, Colorado. My name is Amanda. And I'm Kristen. And, and we, we are, are the Extra Sisters. So sit back, relax, and let's get creepy. Welcome to Haunted Happy Hour number seven. Yep. And this one is especially special <laughs> and expensive. Yes. We are coming at you right now from room 217 in the Stanley Hotel in mm-hmm. Estes Park, Colorado. Can you believe it? We're here. I know. We booked this in January. Mm-hmm. And if you were unfamiliar, we're going to talk a little bit more about room 217. But this is the room that we are sitting in right now at what is probably not, but I'm going to say is the desk. Stephen King sat down and wrote out ideas I for The Shining. I think they kept the desk. I feel like they did. Then this is the fucking desk that started The Shining. I'm going to have to look into that more, but I think they did. Well, we're making that claim right here, right now. <laughs> this is the desk. This is the desk that we have our mic sitting on. I would also like to mention before we get going, there's a fucking wedding reception right underneath us. Yeah. And in our head, the music is very bassy and loud, so we're sorry if you hear that, but this could go on for hours. This is a very busy, touristy... I mean, was slammed today. you guys should see, like, they don't even, if you're not staying in the hotel, you can't come up the stairs. Mm-hmm. So there's not a lot of people up here with us, but downstairs in the lobby where there's the gift shop, there's actually a hedge maze out front, like mm-hmm. in The Shining. The amount of people here, especially because there's a wedding and like a nurse's convention right now. Yeah, there's is a lot insane. of people. Yep. No so, parking. Yeah. <laughs> but this is a more relaxed format. As I've said in happy hours before, we drink wine or whatever choice of alcohol we have that day. But right now it's wine. It usually is. We get litty and we talk about spooky things. And we actually have an electromagnetic field reader on the table here. We will, again, talk about the ghost that is rumored to haunt this room, Mm -hmm. but we do have it on the table, and it is on, so if it goes off during recording, it is picking up something spooky. Yeah, and if you guys can hear anything afterwards, or if I do when I'm editing, I'm going to cry. Yeah, so if you hear anything, like, whispering or other than the stupid fucking... The reception music's really ruining the vibe. Yeah, really. It's super bumping, Mm -hmm. but, you know... We wanted to get going. We were really excited to be here. Paid a lot of money to be here. (laughs) And so we are going to give you some history and some haunts, as we usually do. But could you pass me the wine, please? I'm going to re-up here before we get going. Oh, okay. Rest is yours. (laughs) Oh, jeez. That was so loud. We also do have a listener story that we're going to Mm -hmm. throw in here, sent in by a listener named Jesse. He sent this to me a while ago, but we had already recorded a happy hour coming up. So this was our first opportunity Mm -hmm. to get this into a happy hour. So we're going to throw in his story as well. Who we love. Thank you, Jesse. 
Yes, we've found some. We've met some really awesome people mm-hmm. through doing this, and he is one of them. So thank you for listening and for sending in stories. And if you guys ever have stories you want us to read, happy hours is when they will be read. Mm-hmm. So send them in the sisters at gmail.com. But I'm going to go ahead and read Jesse's story, and we'll do that first, and then we're going to talk about the Stanley. Mm-hmm. All right. And I am reading this word for word. So, I live in rural Appalachia in eastern Kentucky. As you can guess, the area is steeped in old wives' tales and hardcore religion. I consider myself somewhat religious, but after my experience, I have found comfort in that aspect of my life. Years ago, I worked a schedule that was the craziest hours imaginable. I had to be at work at 4.30 a.m., so being at that time an hour away, I woke up every day at 3 a.m., which is just terrible. (laughs) This, of course, meant that I had to go to bed with the chickens when the sun went down. I lived in an old block farmhouse with my best friend and his girlfriend at the time. This house was creepy, but it was a home and I made do. We both worked different schedules at the same place, so I spent the majority of my time in this old house by myself. I really never got freaked out, but I always kept an uneasy feeling while there. I remember this particular evening watching TV right before I went to bed. Nothing special, just background noise to drown out the silence. I went to bed and I remember a heavy, thick feeling in the house. It was toward the end of summer and the beginning of fall, and of course no air conditioning in this house I attributed the thickness to the humidity. I prepped myself for bed, laid down, and drifted off to sleep. I was awoken around midnight by a noise coming from the living room. I thought maybe it was my friend coming home, but looking over at the clock on my wall, it was way too early for him to be home. I got up and went to check out what I heard and distinctly remember smelling a burnt smell all through the kitchen, hallway, and living room, but not seeing anything burnt. Which triggers me if you remember Exorcism and Emily Rose. <laughs> I was a smoker at the time and frantically checking to see if I had not extinguished a cigarette properly or something burning in the ashtray, but there was nothing. I went back to bed, kind of freaked out, but satisfied that everything was okay. I awoke at 3 a.m. as usual, but something felt odd. I laid in bed for a moment, not wanting to get up. I finally soldiered up the will to get up and head to grab my shower, and I heard the TV pop to life in the living room. Fuck that. Mm-mm. Yeah. Startled, of course, I thought my friend was home. I called out and no answer. I smelled that burnt smell again, which is demon smell, (laughs) for those of you that don't know, and thought, what the hell is that? I stumbled down the hallway and in the living room, the TV was flickering and giving off a light. Through the light on the opposite side of the room, I saw a man around six feet tall watching me. The light of the TV was faint on him, but I remember as if yesterday him peering at me. He was dark. Dark hair, dark eyes, and the scariest part was something was protruding from his forehead. As the TV flickered, he leaned a bit forward, and for a brief second, I saw a glint of horns. He disappeared immediately, only leaving that burnt smell behind. I stood there, stunned for a brief moment, wondering if I had imagined this, but the TV was still going and the smell still hung in the air. I went to work that day, and as soon as I got home, I packed all of my belongings, and I left. Damn straight. (laughs) Yeah. My best friend never mentioned anything happened to him in the home, and when asked why I left, I told him I just found a great place and needed to get out on my own and leave him room for him and his girlfriend. I have never seen this spirit again, and hopefully it won't. Holy shit. Yeah. I asked him if he needed a smudge stick, and he said that he had done that. (laughs) Good. (laughs) Yeah, smart. Exactly. So that's a good spooky way. I literally would pass out and die Yeah. if I saw that. It's like my biggest fear. It's like Heart a attack. demon standing. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. So, Jesse, good on you for not fucking dying. Right? I would fucking lose my shit. And for leaving. There's so many people that would be like, I didn't really see that. 
Yes, absolutely. The fact that you were like, I'm not fucking with it. And you fucking left. Mm -hmm. Smart dude. All right. So kind of segueing off of that, talking about, you know, obviously we're at the Stanley in room 217. And again, this is the room that inspired The Shining and where Stephen King started his writing process Mm -hmm. of The Shining. So we're actually going to be talking about The Shining Mm -hmm. coming up. So stay tuned for that. We all have Dr. Sleep coming up. Exactly. So we all got to brush up on our King mythology. Exactly. Which I'm sure you're stoked about. Oh, sure. And so we're going to talk about that later. So this isn't going to be movie talk. This is specifically going to focus on the Stanley Hotel. The real stuff. Absolutely. So we're going to start with room 217, which honestly is actually one of the least haunted rooms in this hotel. So we did not get one of the more haunted rooms. We are horror movie people. So we got the horror movie room. We like ghosts at a safe distance. Yeah. So like if that, that reader goes off we're going to lose our shit. <laughs> we will probably sleep in your car tonight. We have a pact that if one of us hears footsteps tonight, we're waking everybody up. <laughs> yeah. There's three of us, which I need to introduce my friend Ashley. She is sitting in on this and she is here because we actually watched The Shining together several times when we were in middle school. That was one of our like movies together. We would even send each other like pictures and gifts of like Jack Nicholson frozen to death because we thought it was so fucking funny. <laughs> so if she chimes in, give her a welcome, but she she might not. So we'll see after we get some more wine in us. Y'all are psychos and that's awesome. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to talk about room 217 first. So perhaps the most famed spot in the Stanley Hotel, this is where horror writer Stephen King spent the night and got the inspiration for his 1977 bestseller, The Shining. What's really cool is you the views that we get, and I'm talking about this because Stephen King has talked about this, the views of the Rocky Mountains. It's beautiful. I mean, I'll post pictures when we post this episode. And I also have a video walkthrough for you guys of the room. Well, I mean, we're right outside a national park. Like, how much Rocky more beautiful Mountain. can you get Exactly. Than that? And so he was actually here. Pretty much him and his wife were the only people staying in the hotel, which is mm-hmm. why he had the idea for him to be a caretaker of this hotel and his family to be the only ones there. Mm-hmm. When King and his wife arrived at the hotel, it was closing down for the season. And again, they were the only overnight guests staying there. They ate dinner in an empty dining room while pre-recorded orchestra music played before retreating to their room on the spacious and empty second floor. King woke up that night to a terrifying dream about his three-year-old son being chased through the corridors and screaming. He jerked out of bed, realizing it was a dream. He lit a cigarette on the balcony, and the plot for his now-famous book shaped up. The room is thought to be haunted by Elizabeth Wilson, a.k.a. Mrs. Wilson. She was Mrs. Wilson. Mrs. Wilson. <laughs> we ain't trying to fuck with her. <laughs> <laughs> Um, she was the hotel's head housekeeper and during a storm in 1911 was injured during an explosion as she was lighting the lanterns in room 217. She survived, though broke her ankles and her spirit seems to be irregular in the room. Guests have reported items moved, luggage unpacked, and lights being turned on and off. And Mrs. Wilson is very old-fashioned. She doesn't like it when unmarried guests shack up together, so some couples have reported feeling a cold force come between them. Many housekeeping events happen in this room. Guests have reported returning to their room after dropping off their bags and finding their luggage has been unpacked for them. Other guests have also reported their shoes being lined up neatly on the end of the bed. Shadows have also been reported passing through the walls as this room was once part of a much larger suite in the mid-2000s, and it is believed that people still walk back and forth through the suite. Ooh. Yeah, so if we see any shadows, they're going back and forth. I mean, honestly, this would be a pretty bitchin' place to spend the afterlife. 
I wonder which way it is. Do you think it's the bride that's staying in the I don't know. Yeah, there's the wedding that's going on that's being a pain in the ass in our headphones right now that hopefully you can't hear too much of. <laughs> um, she's actually staying right next door to us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's either that way next mm-hmm. to us or maybe like through the bathroom or something. What a great wedding night. Mm-hmm. Ghost hunting. Dude, I fucked up. <laughs> you still have an opportunity. <laughs> And right outside our room, which I will go, I'm in my pajamas already, so I'm not going to like go out there right now, but I will get pictures. There is a staircase that is supposedly haunted and it is called the Vortex. Ooh. Yeah. From an architectural standpoint, the staircase between floors in the hotel's main guest house is, I mean, it's real, this whole, whole hotel is just gorgeous. Mm -hmm. I mean, when you think about when it was built and how old it is and just... If history interests you at all, Mm -hmm. it is just, even if it doesn't, though, it's just a stunning place of history. And it's called the Vortex because of a... No, tonight. Tonight, yeah. Did you hear anything? Not yet. Someone likes Harry Potter. I have that exact cup. We're drinking wine out of them because we didn't want to bring our breakable ones. Yeah, of course not. Like, why? A ghost could spill it over. That one's the EMF, yes. Oh, that's so cool. That's just picking up us talking. Okay, I love this. Oh, okay. Like, I want to live in the We haven't gotten anything, so. Okay. okay. It's going to be really weird. Sorry, we moved the table over so we could live. Oh, like, don't so, uh, so I like, I really Honestly, know, we do horror movies, not ghosts, so okay. we were like, well, we might as well. So, yeah, what's your podcast called? It's called The Exorcisters, so it's Exorcist oh, cool. with an ERS. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. God. I don't want to listen to you. Did you guys expose like preserve the room? Yeah, January. Okay. Wow. Are you just here for one night? Yeah. It was. Was it really expensive? It was like 600. Oh, wow. Okay. We figured. We're trying to figure out how much it would be. Do you guys expose it? We post. Yeah. So we don't travel very often, but we do post every week. It's just this is our first like location record. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
We just had to cut for a minute so i'm sorry if i pick up and i'm sound redundant but there was like kristen walked out to get something and yeah. there were like people like oh my god she's going in yeah it was great <laughs> it was real weird but also really cool i was like do you guys want to check it out and they all came in and it was real awesome yeah so we just had a bunch of random people in our hotel room but i would hope that if we were somewhere and there was a haunted location somebody was like do you want to see it we'd be like yeah, yeah i want to see it absolutely so talking about the vortex which is um it's a staircase that's actually right outside our room i know i said that but Mm -hmm. it's just a mecca for that's like it's kind of like how they all are traveling because this room so like poltergeist kind of yeah this room is 217 on the second floor obviously the actual most haunted rooms are actually on the 400 level so there's a floor in between these two haunted areas Mm -hmm. so the staircase is just kind of like the railway if you will for spirits right okay so there's a lot of like when the tour goes through i've been on the haunted tour before like it was a couple years ago they will have you take pictures because sometimes people will catch like orbs and shadows and things like that so that's like a very frequent place for travelers to pick up something supernatural Hmm. okay another one of the famously haunted places is the concert hall which actually is roped off to the general public for the most part you can see it if you're on the tour Mm -hmm. but like we couldn't get into the concert hall today Mm -hmm. it is roped off but basically that's a separate building right that's not the music room correct but you can't uh get into it like if you're from what i understand because on the tour they do walk you to it's kind of like this hotel is there's the main building which we're in Mm -hmm. and then they have other properties like they have other houses and they're like this is the whatever house or the residence of whatever and they're all owned by the stanley Mm -hmm. because when this was built he built several different houses like for men and for unmarried women and and servants and Mm -hmm. things like that so everything kind of had a purpose and it wasn't all in the main building there is a ghost named Palm, and he was one of the uh, he's one of the more well known ghosts to haunt the Stanley. It was a jack of all trades around the hotel. He enforced the 11 p.m. curfew at the hotel, which could be why guests and workers hear "get out" being uttered late at night. So, hmm. like, you could be walking around here, get out, because he was enforcing the curfew. Fuck that. Yeah, I wonder if you can just walk around like at 11 o'clock. I mean, it's a hotel, so people are in and out all night. Mm-hmm. I'm sure, but. The area is also a favorite spot for hotel founder Flora Stanley's ghost to play the piano. So for Paul, a few of his little stories, a construction worker reported he felt Paul nudge him while he was sanding the floors, and tour groups on the Stanley Ghost Tour have reported he flickered a flashlight for them. So on the tour, they do taunt the ghosts. 
Why? Not always, but sometimes they're uh. like, sometimes he'll like flicker a flash or do like one of those things. Yeah. <laughs> Another ghost known to wander about concert hall is Lucy, who quite possibly was a runaway or homeless woman who found refuge in the hall. She entertains the requests of ghost hunters, often communicating with them flashing lights. Stanley historians, however, aren't quite sure about her pre-death connection to the hotel. Hmm. I mean, she thought it was pretty and she wanted to stay. I would. <laughs> <laughs> so a little history. So... This, where we're staying right now, used to be owned by a British lord, actually. He actually owned most of the Rocky Mountain National Park that is 15,000 acres. This, he bought it on a really weird little, like, uh, loophole that we had in our constitution of having foreigners buy land. And he bought all of that as his game preserve for his family and friends of Brits and Irish wealthy people to come over and hunt. Yes. Yeah, and as people came over on wagons, it became more and more their homestead and less and less his land, which pissed him off and pissed them off, too, because they're right. like, this is our fucking it's home. It's like a battle, yeah. Exactly. He waged that battle for 33 years before they finally kicked him out, basically. Wow. And when they kicked him out, Stanley, a Freeland Stanley of the namesake, was the one who bought it. Right. So we're going to talk about the rest of these rooms. And I'm sh- there are more haunted things, but these are like the main ones where people consistently report feeling things and experiencing things. So the 400s hall or floor is mm-hmm. incredibly haunted. Mm-hmm. And actually they consider you like pretty brave if you take any of these because it's more than likely you will get a very apparent haunt. Mm-hmm. This room that we're in could be a toss-up tonight. She may appear... She may not. Mm -hmm. We may not get anything at all. We may not experience anything. It'll just kind of be like, hey, we stayed in Stephen King's room, and that's great. But in the 400s, that's where, like, if you really want a ghost encounter, the rooms you would get. Probably less expensive than this one. I'm not sure. (laughs) (laughs) But in room 401, more than a century ago, the entire fourth floor was a cavernous attic. So it's an attic. Like, Mm. yeah. It's where female employees, children, and nannies stayed. Now, today's guests will report hearing children running around laughing, giggling, and playing. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that's why. It's children's energy, which tends to be a little bit more rambunctious, Mm -hmm. like by nature, of course. Plus, there's a famous closet that tends to open and shut on its own. A male ghost who some believe to be an Irish man named Lord Dunraven is reported to be in this room. Although he never visited the hotel in life, as it was built 20 years after he left Estes Park, it was built on land he once owned. In the closet, women specifically feel their hair being played with, an arm around their shoulder or waist, or a hand moving up the back of their leg. Men Jesus. don't. Yeah, he's like kind of <laughs> creepy. <laughs> Men don't feel particularly welcome in this room sometimes, as they have felt someone is pressing them into bed or their jewelry disappearing. This was the room where Jason of the Ghost Hunters television show had his drinking glass, which was set on the nightstand, implode while he was sleeping. The closet door also opens and closes on its own. So it's like he takes up residence in the closet. Ew, comes in and out. That's so fucking creepy. Like a yeah. boogeyman. Exactly. And he's like one of those, like, inappropriate ghosts. Like, he's going to, like, yeah, touch you. Yeah, some lady's leg. Yeah. Yeah. Now, this room is also real creepy. Room 407. People have reported being tucked in in this room. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> 
A little boy said that he kept kicking his covers off, and they kept coming back up throughout the night. His mother was quite shocked and said that she hadn't woken during the night, and certainly didn't keep covering him. Another guest reported feeling someone sit on the edge of the bed, but when she turned the light on, no one was there. She did, however, see an indentation, as if someone had just gotten up. Fuck that. No. (laughs) Mm -mm. Like someone just sitting at the end of your bed watching you sleep. Hmm. Yeah. I'm upset. Yeah. I'm surprised Stephen King just had a dream. Like, I know that he his dream, he believes, were brought on by the paranormal activity and drugs. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just, it's interesting that he, of all people, just, just, quote unquote, got like a dream mm-hmm. instead of, I've heard that he also kind of like felt an apparition, but not sure if that's true or not. Well, I know he stayed in two separate rooms. Yeah. This is the room that he stayed in where he got his ideas. And then he came back to write it and mm-hmm. stayed in a different room. And I think it was a 400s one, right? Probably. So maybe he did yeah, have that's an apparition true. in that room. Yeah. Room 418. Ghost children do mischievous things in this room. Covers are sometimes removed during the night, and hangers are known to move on their own. Bathroom lights have also been reported to turn on and off on their own. A little girl about four years old and her mother stayed in there a few years ago. The following morning, the girl reported being tickled by a little boy during the night. She wasn't afraid, though. Instead, she simply told the boy to stop and that she didn't want to play, and he did stop. Your face is upset. (laughs) I'm upset. <laughs> what would you do if you had a child who said that, though? Who went, I don't want to play right now and is talking to someone? Yeah. Fuck that. Leave. You, you abandon that child. You hand them off to social services and be like, I'm sorry, I wasn't meant to be a parent. Right. And so when Freeland Stanley bought the land for the Stanley Hotel and a mm, major part of Estes Park from Lord Dunraven... He actually put in a petition to make the Stanley named Hotel Dunraven instead of Hotel Stanley. And so many people, they, 180 people signed a petition so that he would not do that and would please name it after Freeland Stanley. That's how it got its name. Got it. And then a little background information on Freeland Stanley. Freeland Stanley's parents had seven children with names granted from great famous people like Ulysses Grant, Isaac Newton, John Calvin... His parents were poor but valued education greatly. Freeland and his twin, Francis, started their first business at the age of nine, where they refined maple sugar and then sold it. Smart kids. I know. I know. It's even better because their hard-earned money went on to give them better uniforms and Mm -hmm. this one mathematics algebra textbooks that they went from the beginning all the way to the end, and they redid that those math equations over and over again until they knew it by heart. Mm -hmm. That's really smart. Yeah. And really ingenuitive for nine-year-olds absolutely at 11 freeland was taught to make violins by an uncle that the uncle that actually raised his father by 16 he had created three violins and he would continue to create concert quality pieces throughout his life at 21 this is the really interesting part for me at 21 the brothers went off to university and they went they were from maine so they went to the university of maine at farmington which Stephen King, the room we're in right now, right. went to the University of Maine at Orono. And mm. my grandfather actually took an English class with Stephen King, That's Maine at Orono. fucking awesome. Isn't that cool? Your grandfather's a cool person. He's a really fucking cool person. Yeah. So I have two haunted things left. This is a little bit shorter one, but these are like just things people experience. So it's kind of like very to the point. <laughs> um, actually, I have, a f- I have a few things. One from memory, so I'll do my best. 
So off the backs of talking about the attic part of room 400, which I am going to end with a room 400, but it is like the, like you need to be like pretty fucking brave to stay in this last one here. Really? But in in addition to an attic, there are actually underground tunnels that still exist below us here. This is where the staff would, you know, go from, I wouldn't want to say servants tunnels, but basically. Like taking the laundry around, I assume. Laundry, going in back hallways into kitchens and like back rooms and things yeah exactly and it is a lot of exposed quartz and limestone okay and those are said to sometimes hold you know spiritual qualities Mm -hmm. and so it is said that down in the tunnels you can if you go down there you can still either feel or depending on how like in tune you are Mm -hmm. to any psychic abilities you can just see the servants like walking around and taking things back and forth jesus christ Mm -hmm. and it's already pretty cold down there but people because it's underground so usually in an underground setting like that the temperature doesn't change Mm -hmm. when you're underground it's just consistently whatever it is especially if there's not man-made devices changing that and it's pretty temperate down there so they don't do much with it and it said that you can be walking and then feel just like cold and then it's gone which everybody knows that's like a ghost walking past you or a spirit you are in their way (laughs) right exactly (laughs) so we actually had to walk up this to get to our room but the grand staircase is something else that's said to be haunted it is gorgeous Mm. gorgeous the grand staircase has a bunch of antique mirrors and portraits and there's plenty to distract the eye on the grand staircase at the stanley but it could also be a popular passageway for the hotel's resident ghosts In 2016, a visitor from Houston snapped some photos on the grand staircase and upon returning home and reviewing them, spotted an apparatus at the top of the staircase. The thing is, he doesn't remember anybody else being on the staircase at the time he was taking the photographs. The ghostly image of a woman is very clear at the top of the stairs. I've also heard that if you catch a good glimpse in the mirror at the right time and the right angle, you can see these apparatuses and orbs Mm -hmm. and stuff reflecting in the mirrors. I've heard, like, on other, because I like ghosts and stuff like that and haunted stuff. So I've watched other, like, TV show episodes, and they've had other people on. And I know one woman was, like, in the gift shop one time, Mm -hmm. and uh, she was looking down at a postcard, and a man bumped into her. And she looked up, and then later on looked at a picture, and it was Freeland Stanley, who had bumped into her in the gift shop. Oh, my God. Yeah, and then I know that his wife, whom he adored um, and bought a piano for here, yeah. that's why we have a concert hall and a yeah. music room, and uh, oftentimes she'll just be playing the piano and stuff like that. So Yeah, another really cool. thing that they talk to in the billiard room, when you do the tour, you stay in the billiard room for a long time. That's where the men would go and drink and smoke and, you know, be men without <laughs> their women. The women would go and do other things. Like, mm-hmm. I think her name was Flora Stanley or something like that, would go and... Do their, do their thing with their children and mm-hmm. talk. And the billiard room is really where they tell you, like, we're going to hang out here for a minute, and I really we really want you to take pictures in this room. Because this is one of the more popular places for people to take pictures and be and able to orbs. see things. Like, like, they want you to, like, move your phone camera around and see Ew. if you can see anything. When we did it, we did not, unfortunately. <laughs> and so far, we have not picked up anything on the EMF reader. No. So... You know, that's probably a good thing. It's also still light out. Who knows what's going to happen tonight? Yeah. We're going to watch some Halloween movies and... um, Then probably some comedies. Right, yes. (laughs) So, 
the last haunted room I have. It's not a long passage here, but it's just this spirit is one of the more, I would say, scarier ones. Because nothing here, other than it being something we don't understand and being the unknown of the spirit realm, is really a scary thing. They're just people that were here a long time ago that okay. stayed here after death. This one, a little bit more in your face. Okay. So not necessarily like evil, just kind of like a more new, like of a nuisance. Mm-hmm. Guests have reported hearing footsteps above them and the furniture moves around on its own. Mm. So you have to be a pretty strong, I mean, this is like solid wood furniture. A lot of these are antique. It took three of us to move this desk. Exactly. Out so we could record on it. Right. Exactly. So it's definitely not just like easy plywood Ikea furniture. Mm-hmm. Like you can't just pick up a nightstand with one hand. And, you know, it's n- so for something to be moving around furniture, that's pretty impressive. But that's actually physically impossible. Actually, the tour guides say given the slope of the roof for like anything to be up there above. Yeah. Like physically impossible. Yeah. The real haunt, though. Is this is a cowboy who hangs out and appears frequently at the end of your bed when you're sleeping. Oh, God. I fucking hate that. Apparently, he's friendly. But he just hangs out in that room. And his thing, other than moving furniture and walking above you, is sitting or standing and watching you and smiling at you at the end of your bed. No. If something yeah. shows up to my, tonight, I'm out. I'm out. I'm done. <laughs> Quit. <laughs> so this clearly, these stories, there are some places that are like, we're haunted. And that it's like, mm-hmm. are you or are you just trying to get the, mm-hmm. the, you know. And we are not here to poke and prod at spirits. We're not going to walk around with the EMF reader and be like, you know, call out to her and call her name and be like, show yourself. Show us. Yeah. Not something no, that no. we're going to no, do. No, no, no. We actually, when the people came in to see the room, they were like, uh, one guy was like, I'm a skeptic. And we were like, well, we're not like a ghost hunting podcast. Like mm-hmm. we do horror movies and it's just kind of like we brought it just in case anything mm-hmm. spiked that might be interesting. But I don't know how I would react if that thing actually went off. Yeah, I would freak out. Yeah. I really hope it doesn't go off. I mean, I don't know if we, how long we want to keep it on. But I mean, it... Okay, you guys, it makes a sound, the sound that it's supposed to make. So I'm going to turn it off and on real quick because you're just going to hear it when it turns on. If I hear that in the middle of the night, I'm going to freak out because it's like an alarm and it it just gets louder when it's next to something. It is an alarm. It's saying you are not alone in here. Fuck that. Nah. Apparently. I don't really know how that works. Plus, it's not like we bought like a $300 EMF reader. It may just be garbage, (laughs) but it had decent reviews yeah so i I don't know y'all yeah it's just gonna sit there we're gonna watch movies when the sun goes down don't be mad i'm gonna do a walkthrough of the room and go into the closet and stuff no i definitely want to take pictures see if we can find any orbs or anything like that and probably walk around with that and yeah but um i hope nothing happens right and we didn't get one of the like incredibly haunted rooms but the fact that we are in the same space that inspired such an iconic, like, monumental pillar of horror. Mm-hmm. It's just really fucking cool. Mm-hmm. This is definitely a bucket list item for me that I get to cross off. Absolutely. And, like, I think everybody has a bucket list, and it's very rare you get to, like, mm-hmm. mark something off of it. And so that's really cool that 
get to mark this shit off. And I mean, it's just a ho- fucking hotel room. Like, it's a cool room. It's really big. It's, but pre- it's pretty. Yeah. It's beautiful. But it's like, is if if this wasn't Stephen King's room, would we pay $600 for it? Hell no. Absolutely fucking not. <laughs> but the fact that we can say we fucking stayed in room 217. So yeah, it's just super cool to be here. And I'm glad we did this. And even if nothing happens, like... So many people are like, oh my fucking God, that's so cool. And so yeah. I know that that's... And we had the opportunity to... I mean, it's only here. two and a half, three hours from mm-hmm. where we even live. So it's just one of those things where would I like to go to Salem? Yes, but that's like a whole to do. Mm-hmm. Would I like to go to some of these, like I, like the Lizzie Borden house and like mm-hmm. just stuff like that. But we're here and it was a l- quite a bit more attainable. Mm-hmm. And I know that a lot of other podcasts have talked about the Stanley, but... Have they fucking stayed here while talking about it? Exactly. Probably not. Which is no no shade or anything, but no. it's it's just a cool opportunity Something that we got to do. And it's probably stories you've heard. These are very mm-hmm. famous rooms and stories. But we're going to take some pictures and we will report back and mm-hmm. let you know. Like if we have a crazy experience, we might record and add on to this episode mm-hmm. or something. So hopefully we don't. Hopefully this is what you get. <laughs> but it would be kind of interesting if it did happen for sure i've never really other than the ouija board in my house i've never really had any sort of paranormal experience before so would be kind of cool no okay disagree (laughs) well thank you guys for joining us for this episode we hope you enjoyed it if you have any questions about the stanley please feel free to ask we did go around and we are still going to look around a little bit so if you have any questions please feel free to ask. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at The Extra Sisters Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at The Extra Sisters. You can hit up our Gmail if you have any questions. It is just theextrasisters at gmail.com. And you can always find us on our website at extrasisters.com. Until next time, stay creepy.